Pastor Jenny's children's story today, you really missed out. She didn't really explain as much as I wanted her to. Um, Pastor, Pastor Isaac was supposed to lose 17 pounds in three months. I was supposed to lose 15 pounds, which is impossible. And Pastor Jenny was supposed to do men push-up all the way to the ground without knees, 15 push-ups. And I got really close, but I wanted Pastor Jenny to have an opportunity to win. <laughs> and Pastor Jenny, you have to look at the, the, um, you have to look at the, the video because when I first saw it, I was like, Pastor Jenny, you won. She did 15 push-ups. But then after uh, several reviews, <laughs> we noticed that the last five were not all the way to the ground. I think we should put it on YouTube, then maybe you can decide whether she, whether she won it or not. Every time I go on news, uh, go on the news these days or Facebook, I only see one news these days. What do you see all the time? What I see is this. Um, as you see, well, this is, this is um, Mr. Kim from North Korea and Mr. Moon from South Korea. You know, I don't usually talk about politics in my sermon. I don't. Um, I don't fully understand what this meeting uh, between Kim, the, the Kim and the Moon, uh, truly mean to both the North and South Koreas. But what this brought to many people is hope. Hope for peace in Korea, hope of a union in the future, and a hope of reunion of many Koreans who have been separated. There are a lot of people who actually still have lost families in North Korea, and this brought hope for these people to have possible family reunions. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath and beautiful church with the beautiful people. As we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. I'll read it for you. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these 
words. As the word Adventist is in the name of our church, Seventh-day Adventist church, this passage is in the center of our church as a denomination. Advent means the coming of Jesus Christ. Today's passage paints a well-defined picture of the second coming of Jesus. When Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the people of Thessalonia, he was trying to answer a specific question. There were many people being converted and joining church each and every day. They all believed that the second coming of Jesus was imminent, and they supposed that it was in their lifetime. They thought it would be very soon in their lifetime. Did you know, Loma Linda Church, that the four Gospels were written after the, all of the writings of Paul's letters? So they had all these churches and people believed in Jesus and everything and they had all these problems at church and Paul started writing to everyone and after about 60 years after Jesus died, they thought, hey, maybe, maybe we need to write about Jesus because it feels like he's not coming back soon. So after 60 years, they thought, hey, John, could you please write about Jesus? Matthew, could you write about Jesus? And John, Mark, Luke, can you write about Jesus? And the four Gospels were written later. All believers in Paul's time thought that Jesus would come back in their generation. Do you remember that? Growing up, me too. I told you this many times. When I was in junior, when I was in elementary school, I was like, oh, Jesus is going to come soon, so I don't have to go to junior high. What's the point of studying? That's the only reason why I didn't study. And then when I went to junior high, I thought, what's the point of studying? I'm never going to have to go to high school because Jesus is coming soon. And then I was really depressed when I was in high school because I thought, Jesus is coming soon. I'll never be able to get married. Right? And here we are. My daughter is going to college next year. What is happening? And then you know what happened to them? It's like our friends in the church, they began to die. They thought, wait a minute, Jesus is supposed to come back soon. My dad was not supposed to die. My friend was not supposed to die. We're all waiting for Jesus to come back. What is happening? The believers got old, sick, and died. And they did not know what to make of Jesus' unfulfilled promise of his soon return. Roman in the church, here's what the early believers were not wrong about, okay? Were not wrong about. Jesus is coming back in their generation. Because the day that we die is the day that we will see Jesus. I think this is why Jesus said, I am coming back soon. I told you before, soon means I don't know when, but there is an end. 
I'm coming back soon, but I don't know what, when I'm coming back, but I am coming back. You see? When we talk about the second coming of Jesus, for every human being, the moment they die is the moment they will see Jesus. But here's the problem. Pastor Richard, honestly, when I read um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, you know, it, it sounds really good and everything, but, but what I find is that, you know, people coming out of the graves and meeting Lord in Jesus and the angels coming down. I don't know what angels look like really. And the trumpet sound, I don't remember the last time that I saw a trumpet. But that's what's going to happen. To me, it sounds like a fairy tale. It sounds like a fairy tale. But then, Lomal in the church, this is when it does not like a fairy tale. When the reality of life hits. The reality life is that no human being can escape death. It's a fact that every person will die, no exceptions. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how rich or poor, no matter what position you held or how much money you made or how smart or not so smart, how talented or how untalented you may be, all die. And then when we think about the fact that every single person will die, we realize life is fragile, our body is fragile, Isn't that true? Look at our church. If our human body was not fragile, a lot of our church members will go broke. Right? Then all of a sudden, the second coming of Jesus doesn't sound so fairy tale-ish. We realize the Bible is right on and the promise of Jesus gives us hope in this gloomy world. Here's a question that Paul is answering in today's passage. What happens at the end of life and at the end of time? The believers in church of Thessalonica have have died and, and people wanted some answers. Before Jesus, they just lived their lives without hope, but now they believe in Jesus. They know that they have hope. So Paul answers them. Apostle Paul answers them. He goes, I don't want any of you to be ignorant or uninformed about what happens after we die at the end of the time. This is what Jesus told us, Paul continues, and, and, and by word of the Lord, by, this is what Jesus told us, um, Paul probably meant Jesus' words in 
Mark chapter 13, uh, verses 27 and 27, 26 and 27, and Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 and 31. So Paul was quoting Jesus, okay, from what he heard from other people. There, Jesus describes the Son of Man returning in the clouds and the angels gathering the elect from the four corners, meaning from the, oh, the whole world of the earth to meet Jesus. So, so Paul is saying, this is what Jesus said, remember? Remember what Jesus said. In summary, Jesus said, He is coming back. That He is coming back. There will be a loud command and a trumpet sound because He will come back like a king. Like a king. And then what's going to happen is the people who died in Christ will will awake just like Jesus awoke from his death. And he came out of his tomb. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be cut up together in the air to meet the Lord. And we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage one another with these words. Don't grieve like the people in this world when you lose someone that you love. It's okay to cry, but have hope in Christ. Have hope in Christ who have overcome death. Paul is saying here that if you believe that Jesus died and was raised, then you can also believe that God will raise our loved ones. Jesus didn't call death, death. Jesus called death what? Sleep. Because he was saying, when I come back, I'm going to wake them up. So don't call death death, call it sleep, because I'm coming back to wake them up. I've told you this before, I am absolutely obsessed with sleeping. I love sleeping, I have a problem with the sleeping. So, it's not like I cannot fall asleep, but if I wake up in the middle of the night, then it all messes me up, and I cannot go back to sleep, and I don't know what to do, and it's just terrible. So I have this sleeping app, and I, I use it all the time to measure how well I slept every morning. And I'm so obsessed. You can ask my wife. I'm obsessed like, with like what time I, I go to sleep. I try not to look at it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just go to sleep. But I look at my time, and then I wake up, look at time, and then like calculate how many hours. <gasps> I'm so obsessed. Okay. But you know, you know, sleeping is very important, not just because it gives us rest, but let me tell you what, why sleeping is so important and how we can use it in our spiritual life. And this is the beauty of how Jesus called death sleep. And it's because we go to sleep every day. So Loma Linda Church, every time you go to sleep, okay, Know that sleeping represents death in the Bible. And when you wake up in the morning, every morning, know that 
waking up represents resurrection. Every night you go to sleep, say, thank you, Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. You will, okay? I don't know, but I know that when I die later, I know that you are going to wake me up, just like you're going to wake me up tomorrow morning. So every night should be a reminder that Jesus has overcome death. Amen? Jesus has overcome death and every day is a gift from God. And our body has a breath of life from the source of our life. So every time you go to sleep and you wake up, it is God reminding us that the life is a gift from God and Jesus has overcome death for all of us. Amen? There's a guy named Richard Bird. Okay, Richard Bird was an explorer in Antarctica. And somehow he got stranded by himself. It was really cold. And if he went outside, he would be frozen to death. And if, when he was inside, he could live. But something happened. His heater broke. The little stove that he had, it broke. So it was leaking carbon monoxide. So he realized that if I stay inside to be warm, then I can stay a little bit, but if I fall asleep too long, then I'm going to die. But if I turn it off and let the fresh air in, if I let the cold air in too much, then I'm going to freeze to death. So he was just waiting for his, his rescuers to come, and he was just buying time, and he would like turn on the heater, and then he would sleep, and he would wake up, and then turn it off, and then let the cold air in. And he was playing there all the time, just buying time. Loma Linda Church, do you realize that that is life? We don't have to be in Antarctica to experience something like that, knowing that danger is so close. Death is as close as Richard Bird was to us each and every day. Nobody, nobody can guarantee next day. Death is always so close to us. We are Richard Bird who lives in Antarctica. Life is that frail, our body is that fragile. But today's passage gives us hope. You don't have to be afraid. You do not have to live in anxiety. You do not have to live in fear. You have hope. The reality of life gives us fear, despair, and anxiety, but we don't have to live in fear and anxiety because we have hope in Christ. Yesterday was May 4th, right? And somebody shared this picture in Facebook, and I love this, so I have to share it with you, okay? Check this out. What does it say? May the 4th be with you. Amen. Do you get the picture? Okay, how many of you guys get the picture? Do I need to explain what this picture is? What is, what is the picture saying? 
I hope who is with you all the time. Who? Jesus. Okay? The fourth one in there is Jesus. Okay? If you look at today's passage, the whole thing is actually about meeting Jesus and being with Jesus forever. Loma Linda Church, if you don't want to be with Jesus, there's no reason for us to go to heaven. Because heaven is actually about going to meet with Jesus. You see how that works? On that day, he will come back physically with a completely different purpose. Okay, Jesus is here with us all the time. Yes, but on that day, physically, he's coming down and he's going to raise people that we have lost. Okay? This last day event that today's passage is describing gives us hope because those who meet the Lord will dwell with the Lord forever. If you think about it, this is really interesting because Paul says that believers will dwell with the Lord. He doesn't say that the dwelling place will be in the air the whole time. In fact, other passages such as Romans chapter 8, verse 21, or Revelation chapter 20, if you read there, then there's very good detailed description just affirming that dwelling will be on a renewed earth, or we call it the New Jerusalem. It's here. God will renew the earth, and we will be here with everyone and with Jesus forever. The picture Paul draws of the day when Christ will come is poetry, an attempt to describe what is indescribable. At the second coming, Christ will descend from heaven to earth. He will utter the word of command and thereupon the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God will waken the dead. Then the dead and the living alike will be caught up in clouds to meet the Lord. And thereafter, they will be forever with their Lord. What is important is that in life and in death, the Christian is in Christ. And that is the reunion with Christ which nothing can break. But there is more. There is more. Um, so there will be reunion with Jesus, but there is more. Amy and I, we went to high school together, PUC Prep, the high school right next to Pacific Union College. And we went to our 10-year high school reunion together, which was like a couple years ago. Anyway, we go there, and um, man, a whole bunch of us now in our late 20s, and we got together. Some of us are married. You know, some of us are still single, and some people have it together. Some people don't have it together. Some people mature. Some people still the same. It's really interesting to go to high school 10-year reunion. But then, it was nice. It was nice to see all the friends that you knew. For my wife, most of them, they, they grew up together from 
from their kindergarten in, in Angwin to all the way to, some of them to, to college. So it was really nice to just get together with everyone, all the friends. Loma Linda Church, in the new earth, in the new how old will we be? When we go to heaven, how, how old will I be? And what, what will I look like? If you remember from several years ago, I told you I know exactly what, I, what I'm going to look like. I know exactly how old I'm going to be in heaven. We're all going to be forever 21. Okay? <laughs> okay? We're all going to be forever 21. Um, All the ladies at our church um, will look like K-pop stars. We're going to call them girls multi-generations. Oh, come on, that was funny. Girls multi-generations, come on. All the men at our church will look like Brad Pitt 25 years ago. Our knee pain will be gone, won't need glasses anymore, your hair will grow back. I'll be taller than my wife. <laughs> we will be renewed. But yes, there's still more. Loma Linda Church, nothing will be more important than being reunited with our loved ones. Reunite with your beloved grandmother. Reunite with your friend. Reunite with your dad. Reunite with your loved ones. In Christ, we never part from our loved ones forever. It's not forever, but for a while. The teaching of, of inspiration on the second coming of Christ assures, that, assures us that our departed loved ones shall be rescued from the power of death, that they shall meet again, meet in glory, meet to part no more, to be forever with each other and with the Lord. Amen? So we encourage each other with this hope. Do you understand how important hope is? There is a lady, there's an old lady. One day she came to the pastor and said, Pastor, well, really old lady, Pastor. She said, when I die, when I'm in my casket, I want you to put a fork in my hand. I want to be buried with a fork. So the pastor was like, why do you want a fork to be buried with? And she said, all my life, I've always loved dessert more than main meals. And I know that my life right here is the main meal. And I know that my life in heaven is dessert. And I look forward to my life 
in heaven. I know that when I die and when I get buried in my casket, I know that I am not without hope, but I do hope in Christ that I will rise again and enjoy my dessert. So I am ready for heaven. Bury me with a fork. Loma Linda Church, that's a Christian life, living with hope in Christ. We do not need to have any anxiety, no fear, and all the things that we think are so important, come on, nobody can guarantee next day. We just need to live our lives knowing that Jesus has it together for us. What is so important about Christian hope? If our future is not secured and satisfied by God, then we are going to be excessively anxious. This results either in paralyzing fear or in self-managed greedy control. And our lives will only be about myself, my future, my money, my things, mine, mine, mine. Like, like who? Like the seagulls in Finding Nemo. My, my, my. That, that, that's going to be us. It'll be just self It'll be just about self-preservation and self-enhancement. What's really interesting is the the word hope in English dictionary or English language is actually without any certainty. Did you notice that? It's like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I really hope so. That means you don't know what's going to happen, but... Oh, it's probably not going to happen. You know what I mean? But if you look at the Bible, you know how the Bible uses the word hope? It is the word hope comes when there is a promise by God. And God says, I will do that. When God says, I'm going to do this, When God's promise happens in the Bible, it uses the word hope. It's not about, oh, I hope God keeps his promise. In the Bible, it's been always about trusting God that he will do it. Hope in Christ is when God has promised that something is going to happen and you put your trust in that promise. Amen? Hope in Christ is a confidence that something will come to pass because God has promised it'll come to pass. Loma Linda Church, hope is something that we build. Okay? Faith is something that grows and upon that faith, hope is something that we build. And then we bear fruit like love. Faith grows, 
and we build hope and we bear fruit, love. Remember, hope is built on the promise of Jesus. It's built on the promise that, promise of Jesus that I will come again. Paul tells us that we must not sorrow as those who have no hope. In fact, in face of, de- in face of death, the godless world stands in despair, but we stand in hope. Paul lays down a great principle. The man who has lived and died in Christ is still in Christ, even in death, and will rise in him. We are going to see Jesus. And we are going to see all of our loved ones once again. There will be a huge reunion in heaven. Jesus is our blessed hope. Let us pray. Father, some of us